0: Sometimes it can feel like you're fighting a losing battle. I think the hope is that it's a self-correcting problem. Welcome to the Grow Time Business Devo, where we explore God's principles for living a high-performance life. My name is Kenneth Ott. Today we're in Psalm 37, and we're going to do verse one through nine. The context of this and why I'm sharing this with you today, it was actually my devotion for this morning. And it just hit me as really relevant to entrepreneurs and especially in the time that we're in right now. What you'll see is this shows a contrast. This is a Psalm of David. And David was a high performance person, right? He was super competitive. He was a great king. He was a conqueror. He was a great leader. He was highly successful. He was highly courageous, right? He's like battling lions and bears with his bare hands um, just to save sheep when he was little. And then he goes and fights Goliath and then he becomes this great king. David is an interesting guy. And uh, he had a lot of people chasing him in his lifetime. But my guess is that he also had a lot of desires and he had a lot of ambitions he had a things that he wanted to do. He would not have pursued and achieved the things he would have achieved if he didn't have big goals. And we see David like sometimes slip down the wrong road and do the wrong thing and get punished for it. And you know, and just like all of us, like you know, gets tempted by something and does something and then he comes on back. But David clearly had these big goals, and what this psalm is doing
1: is it's contrasting. Evil doers and godly people, and I think it's really relevant for just
0: as I look at myself when what I'm pursuing in business and all these kind of things, it can be really easy to see someone having success that is maybe an evildoer or maybe um, you know is is, you know it it could be easy to be tempted to do things the wrong way, right? Mm -hmm. And we see things, we see, my point was, we see people being successful, doing things the wrong way in ungodly ways. That's, that happens, right? Now I would say that they're probably not successful internally because at the end of the day, if you're not aligning with God's principles, like there is not full success because they're woven into the universe. It's how the universe works. It's the principles for success. Um, But it may seem like they're being successful, and it can be tempting to do it that way. And it can make you double uh, question and think again about how you're going about what you're doing. Maybe it's a little slower. Um, but this Psalm, I think, gives us a lot of wisdom and a lot of hope. And so I'll just kind of get into it here. It says, do not fret because of ev- evildoers, nor be envious of the workers of iniquity, for they shall, shall soon be cut down like the grass and wither like the green herb. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness. Delight yourself also in the Lord and he shall give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in him and he shall bring it to pass. He shall bring forth your righteousness as the light and your justice as the noonday. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret because of him who prospers in his way because of the man who brings wicked schemes to pass. Cease from anger and forsake wrath. Do not fret, it only causes harm. For evildoers shall be cut off, but, the, but those who wait on the Lord, they shall inherit the earth. And so this whole time in this Psalm, you're sort of seeing the contrast between an evildoer or someone in his ways. and as someone who's following the ways of God. It's an encouragement more than anything else to not be tempted to do things, maybe what seem like the fast, quick, and easy way, but sacrifice your morals, your convictions, and your mission, and to just stay on the path of
1: trusting God, pursuing hard, but doing it the right way. And the reason is, well, I'll, I'll, hold, I'll hold on that. Um, so let me go through and just pull out a couple things here. The first thing
0: I want to pull out is, is this idea of what is our job in this? And so it's contrasting back and forth, right? It's if you do this, this will happen. If, uh, you know, uh, if this person does this, this will happen, all right? So in verse three, trust in the Lord and do good, dwell in the land and feed on his goodness is faithfulness. Trust is the first thing and trust is different than faith. Trust is interesting because trust is like, it requires, it doesn't necessarily require action. Faith requires action. You have to act in faith. You have to do something. Trust is like, is something of the heart, right? It, it's almost a, it's a, it's a, it's something that Really requires submission to someone who you believe has your best interest in mind. If we believe that God has our best interest in mind, we can trust Him. Just like we can trust our, you know, uh, our parents. So hopefully you can, or you can trust a really, really good friend. When you trust someone, you you kind of
1: submit to the fact that whatever, I, like you decide to believe that whatever they do is going
0: to me for my best interest because I trust them. Like you actually make a decision to not doubt their integrity, to not doubt their actions. Trusting is really a decision. You, you come to that decision through you know uh, a relationship and circumstances and all these different things. But at the end of the day, trusting, is, is a decision and it's not necessarily in any action it's 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 something you decide to do and um once you trust someone you have a relief right you don't have to worry and be concerned and your mind is not preoccupied with are they messing around are they doing something to hurt me are they going to lie to me or cheat uh, cheat, uh, cheat? me out of something like there's your, your mental capacity is freed up when you trust somebody. I think that's the point that I'm trying to make. And I think as you're pursuing what you're pursuing, there's so much value in trusting God because you need, need, you need all the mental capacity you have to focus on the task at hand, the mission that you're supposed to be accomplishing. If you're worrying about um, all the different uh, things in your life, then you're you're, you're sacrificing that mental capacity um, when you can just trust in God, right? You're, you're, you're aligned with his ways, you can trust him, then you don't have to worry about those things. But trust is this feeling, right? I was reading something about this, trust is the, and, and it said, trust is the language of the heart where faith is the language of the mind. I
1: thought that was interesting.
0: Do not fret because of evildoers, nor be envious of workers of iniquity, for they shall soon be cut down like the grass and wither as the green herb. I think this is a good antidote to the temptation to do things the wrong way, right? When we see someone doing something and violating morals or, you know, the, the kind of, the, the, you know, doing things the ways that we would know, we know that we're not supposed to be doing them, shortcuts, bad shortcuts. When we see that, it's very, very tempting to be looking right and left and seeing the grass being greener on the other side. And this is the antidote to that because we, we must understand that when we're violating the principles that are woven into the universe, eventually you're going to be cut down. Like evildoers will be cut down. May not be right now, but they will be cut down. And we see that happen over and over again. I was, uh, I do firearm training and I had a firearms instructor and he, he uses this phrase all the time. And I think it's fascinating. I use it in, in life all the time now too. With a firearm, um, if you do something the wrong way, then you'll probably only do it the wrong way once because you may not be able to do it the wrong way a second time, or it'll be so bad that you'll never forget. And you'll always do it the right way after that. And my firearms instructor calls that a self-correcting problem. And I use this in life a lot too, because when I think of violating the principles and working against the principles of success that God has woven into the universe, working against God and against his ways, doing evil to get ahead. At the end of the day, it's a self-correcting problem, right? This is the case. This is why you don't really have to like, just care about yourself, like worry about your integrity and don't worry about necessarily trying to change somebody else. Because if somebody else is doing something the wrong way, eventually it will work out and it'll be a self-correcting problem. It'll like in the end, there'll be a consequence for it because that is just how the, the universe is balanced and woven together. Right? If you, if you, if you jump off a building, you're going to hit the ground. Right? So if you work against principles,
1: there's going to be a consequence for it. So, so, don't do that and don't worry about other people who are doing that. That's the second thing.
0: The third thing I want to pull out here is um, I, 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 I've written down as a contrast back and forth. The Bible is a lot of if then statements, right? And so there's a few of them in here. The first one is trust in the Lord and do good, dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness. Okay, so that is our job. Our job is to trust in the Lord, do good, dwell in, Dwell in land and feed on his faithfulness. Dwell in the land. Okay, this is permission to live your life and enjoy it, right? Dwell is not hard work. Dwell is enjoyment. It's abundance. It's fruitful. And when I read this, I'm like, our job is to work our our mission and enjoy it. Like dwell in the land. Feed on his faithfulness. Live your life between you and God, feed on his faithfulness. It's just so peaceful and fruitful. And maybe dwelling in the land is building your business, building your wealth, doing what God has called you to do, enjoying it and, and, helping, and, and helping others in the process, right? rather than struggling and straining and doing things the wrong way and worrying about the IRS coming to get you because you've, you've cheated them, that kind of stuff. I'm not saying that you should give more of the IRS than you, than you should. But like when you do things the wrong way, you're worrying about all the circumstances that can happen. You're worrying about people coming and, and getting you back and attacking you and these kind of things. You're worrying about your enemies. But if you're, but if you're doing things the right way, you're able to dwell in the land. Right, you're able to trust God. God, not worry about all the other things. Dwell in the land and feed on His faithfulness, and that's peace. When you do that, verse four says, "Delight yourself also in the Lord, and He shall give you the desires of your heart." I think it's fascinating to me how we don't execute on some of these things, right? Like we're pursuing things. Like I'm pursuing things that I really, 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 really desire some things that elude me constantly and I'm running hard at stuff, right? And I have really strong desires and motivations and ambitions that, I'm, that I want and pursue. And the answer
1: is really simple. Like the key to it is really simple. It's trust in the Lord, do good. Do good is key. Dwell in the land, feed on his faithfulness, delight yourself also in the Lord and
0: he shall give you the desires of your heart. Like your job, if you do those things, you will get
1: the desires of your heart. It's really, really simple. Why is it so hard? It's hard for me too, but it's simple. So that's the second, that's that's the third thing I wanted to pull out here. The next one is,
0: is another if then, okay? So it says, commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in him and he shall bring it to pass. So this other, if then, you know, if you do this, here's the promise. If you commit your way to the Lord, trust also in him. What does it mean to commit our way to the Lord? I've talked about this idea of finding a strong mission and a strong purpose and pursuing that, you know? And for me, it's like waiting on God, letting him talk to you, speak to you, give you that vision. And once you have it, run at it. To me, that is committing our way to the Lord. Like we were, I believe, created to do a certain thing, right? And so if we're we're not dedicated to that mission, then we're probably going to struggle through life and it's not going to be enjoyable, fun, fulfilling, and fruitful. Whereas if we find that
1: mission and we run hard at it, then we're able to trust in him because we've committed our way to him and he shall bring it to pass. That thing that we're pursuing shall bring it to pass. The next thing talks about justice and righteousness. And it's funny
0: how this entire Psalm is talking about, and to me, this is the key for all of us, is like being distracted by other people like only hurts you. And so now he's reassuring us that like the justice, like maybe you've been, maybe uh, someone did something wrong to you, right? I don't think that you should just let people walk all over you. I don't think that's what anything in the Bible says, right? But at a certain point, I've been there before too. At a certain point, you sacrifice your time, focus and energy worrying about someone else bringing justice to a situation where it might be better to let that go. Refocus on what your mission is supposed to be supposed to be and like God handle that thing I've had these things in life in my business often maybe you have someone that, that doesn't pay or um you know multiple other situations but like let's say there's somebody you have a client they don't pay right um it's wrong you've done the work you, they should have paid you've you you should go after it and try and get that but at a certain point it's like you know what um this is taking so much focus away from me to where I'm not actually able to create more abundance, it's actually creating a net negative to where now I need to refocus and let God handle that thing, right? And it's cool that justice is God's, it's not our job to get justice. I think that is freeing, especially for someone who is an entrepreneur because you need all your focus, focused on the thing that you're supposed to be doing and want, and, and, uh, and focused on that solely because it's, You've barely enough focus just to execute that thing,
1: let alone worrying about all the other people who are trying to do wrong to you. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him.
0: Do not fret because of him who prospers in his way, because of the man who brings wicked schemes to pass. This is again, contrasting, not worrying about other people doing bad things, just focus on your stuff. Cease from anger and forsake wrath. I think with entrepreneurs, we are
1: often highly emotional people and things can get us really worked up. But anger is not bad, but, but prolonged anger is for you because you
0: can't operate in flow with momentum when you're angry.
1: Do not fret because it only causes harm. Worry only hurts you. There's no
0: upside to worry. I talk with so many entrepreneurs. I coach so many business owners that that are anxious and worried. And worry is really, I've talked about this before, but worry to me is leveraging your superpower with it, which is belief, right? And positive expectation and leveraging that to the negative, right? Instead of believing the positive and having hope, you believe. The negative will happen. Worry is about future
1: perceived negatives. They're not realities. That's why I say they're perceived. They're future perceived downsides. It's expecting something negative to happen in the future.
0: Worry does not give you any benefit. Awareness is important, right? Awareness of danger and those kind of things, like those are important. And like the feeling of worry when it it strikes, right, out of nowhere is, is helpful because it shows you something could be wrong over here, right, we may maybe should check on this. But prolonged worry and anxiety is not a benefit. And it's funny, it says, do not fret. This is even David, do not fret. It only causes harm. Thanks, David, easier said than done. Next verse, for evildoers shall be cut off, but those who wait on the Lord, they shall inherit the earth. This is where I want to
1: end. Again, it contrasts the evil doer with the godly person, with the godly entrepreneur. It says
0: evil doers will be cut off. So we know again, it's a self-correcting problem. Evil is a self-correcting problem. Eventually God will handle it. They'll be cut off, right?
1: But those who wait on the Lord, they shall inherit the earth. We've talked about waiting on the Lord. It's
0: funny. It seems to pop up now that I'm, now that I think about it, it seems to pop up all over the place in everything I read, it's always talking about waiting on the Lord and I'm seeing it everywhere. Waiting is active as you know, as we've talked about in so many devos, this is an interesting concept. I'm actually recording this right now. It's it's, it's about to be Christmas time. I think um, uh, we just released an Advent devotional and, um, you know, the, the, the time leading up to Christmas is about waiting, right? Advent, it's about waiting the arrival. Waiting is active. Waiting is talking to and pursuing it. And I see waiting as a conversation. So when I see waiting on the Lord, for those who wait on the Lord, I see it as a, like a constant mental uh, relationship or sort of like like spiritual relationship and conversation where you're, trying to better understand what it is God has, it, has for you, what it is God wants you to do. And, you're, and for me, it's like active problem solving with the creator of the universe. That, that's, how, that's what waiting is for me. And that's what I think the best definition for me is, is it's active problem solving with the creator of the universe that's waiting on the Lord. At least that's what it is to me. And what are you problem solving? Well. whatever struggles you're in right now, whatever, whatever things you're pursuing that are not happening, you know, maybe you don't have clarity and vision. Those are the things you're waiting on the Lord for. Maybe it's a problem in your life, but to me it's active problem solving with the creator of the universe that's waiting on the Lord, talking and discussion and hearing and listening and throwing stuff back and trying things. And that's, it's active. And I think it's interesting because it says, but those who wait on the Lord, By the way, waiting has patience too, right? So like evildoers are hasty, right? They don't think things through. They don't have wisdom, right? That's why they're doing evil things, right? Evildoers, if they had wisdom, they wouldn't do the evil things. So evildoers lack wisdom and are hasty and do things that um, are short-term minded at the end of the day. Um, And that's why they get cut down. And so like the opposite of that is waiting patiently, right? And that may seem slow but it's not, it's just calculated. It's smarter, wiser, more intelligent.
1: Those that wait on the Lord, they shall inherit the earth. And kind of like that other
0: verse, verse four, delight yourself also in the Lord and he shall give you the desires of your heart. That's worth pursuing, that's worth thinking about, like, cause you want the desires of your heart. So how do you get them? I'd also like to inherit the earth. And this is how that happens. And I think that I have a few thoughts here. One, I think is fascinating that it says, you will inherit the earth, not heaven. I think I could go on forever about this, but it's funny how um, Christians often, and I grew up in sort of in circles where this, was, this seemed to be believed, where you were sort of uh, suffering through life to get to heaven. Right. And then you can enjoy yourself. That is not what you see in the Bible. Like God talks about how all good things are for his people and how they're made for your enjoyment. And a, and a verse like this where it says, You will inherit the earth. It doesn't say you will inherit heaven. It doesn't say those who wait on the Lord will go to heaven. It says those who wait on the Lord will inherit the earth. It's now, it's here. It's your dominion, your enjoyment, your achievement. Like that's your inheritance. If you wait on the Lord, this is practical. That's what's fascinating about this. This stuff is practical for right now. Wait on the Lord, you will inherit the earth, right? If you want to be successful and achieve the thing that you're trying to achieve, achieve the thing you're trying to pursue. Like if you want to be successful at running at the goal that you're running after, then wait on the Lord. That's how you'll inherit that. It's your inheritance if you wait on the Lord. And- this makes sense like common sense would say okay well waiting on the lord breeds wisdom right it it breeds mental character it breeds capacity it breeds focus it breeds all these healthy things that then are applied to what i'm doing which create more success right so this is not necessarily all mysterious it is spiritual it is supernatural but it's also how your brain is made you are made in a supernatural way and so the act of waiting on the lord brings the inheritance of the earth. And I think that that is such an interesting, valuable, exciting idea for right now. It's also a hopeful one because I know myself, I was reading some things today and it seems like the world's been taken over by crazy people. And there's all these cultural problems and concepts that are seeping into everything yeah um, just the anti-godly things that are that are just pervading through our culture and then now like you know microsoft word like scolds you if you're not writing things you know in the way that they want you to write things it's really crazy and it's and it's and it seems like i actually was i was being being made aware of some of those things right before i read this this morning And this just gives me hope because it seems like that the world is taken over by crazy people.
1: Maybe the world's even being, it's imbalanced towards non-godly ideas and concepts.
0: And sometimes it can feel like you're fighting a losing battle. But again, I think the hope is that it's a self-correcting problem. And this... This Psalm today, as I was reading, it, just like gave me hope and awareness of the actual reality, which is evildoers will be cut down. It's not your job to get justice for them. What your job is, is to wait on the Lord, trust in the Lord, do good, dwell in the land, feed on his faithfulness, delight yourself also in the
1: Lord. Those are your jobs. Commit your way to the Lord. Like that's, that's all you should worry about. And if you worry about those things, then um, you'll inherit the earth.
0: So you don't have to worry about them taking over the earth. The earth will be in your inheritance and God will bring justice to all the evildoers and the evildoers will be cut down and you don't have to worry about that. You shouldn't even take any amount of your focus and energy and time and worry about those things because all you need to focus on are the things that are your job and what your mission is. And if you do that, you're promised that you will inherit the earth.
1: You're promised that you'll be given the desires of your heart. So that is a hopeful idea. I thought it
0: would be an exciting one to share with you this morning because it was an exciting one for me to read today. It was hopeful for me, especially in all the things I'm pursuing. I don't need more worries and problems and things to worry about. I got enough that I'm supposed to be doing. I got enough on my plate at my task at hand. And so you do as well. I hope you have a great day and hope this helps you live a higher performing, higher achieving life and a God-honoring life. If you'd like to learn more about the BizDevo, or maybe get these in your inbox, get them texted to you, you can go to bizdevo.com. That's B-I-Z-D-E-V-O.com. And you can sign up there. If you'd like to learn more about me, Kenneth Ott, you can go to kenott.com. That's K-E-N-O-T-T.com. Thanks. And until next time, never stop growing.